0: Ladies and gentlemen. Oh my
1: God.
0: Hey hey hey, 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 hey. Please, please, please. Please, please. Everything is going. Please, huh? welcome. Recorded in. Thanks British Columbia. You're listening to Pacific Town <laughs> Sound Radio. Hello and welcome to Pacific Sound Radio, your go-to source for everything happening in the Vancouver music scene. I'm James Olson, and this week we're speaking with David Vertesi. David Vertesi is a singer, songwriter, and solo artist, most well-known as the bassist and backing vocalist for the Juno-nominated indie rock group Hey Ocean. Vertesi is also a session and touring musician who has worked with Shad, Said the Whale, Deer Rouge, and Hannah Georges and is the executive director and co-founder of the Vancouver Mural Festival. With his third record, Life Ghouls for Tessie, has crafted a moody and introspective concept record that explores all the regrets, insecurities, and weirdness of modern life. Yeah, so uh, thank you so much for uh, being able to come on the on the show. Uh, what have you been up to during quarantine? Are there any new skills you've been teaching yourself or new projects you've been working on?
1: Yeah, i am doing a fair amount. I'm, uh, well, I'm releasing my record, obviously. So I've been working on that and, uh, quite a bit of that involves, um, like making my own videos, (laughs) which is pretty, uh, like funny and fun and horrible all at once. It's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, and sort of navigating that. Um, I'm a dad of a two-year-old, so I'm doing that stuff, but I also, um, I run the Vancouver mural festival here. So I've been, that's been really, really busy, really, really crazy. Um, so that festival is going on right now with like 60 murals and nine neighborhoods and tons of crazy stuff happening. So COVID has not been, I've not been one of the people who's like, Oh, I just don't know what to do with myself. I've, I've definitely been on the other end of the spectrum, but uh, you know, it's it's, a, its it's a good, it's a good problem to have.
0: Yeah, for sure. I've I've kind of been the the same. Uh, we used to record Pacific Sound Radio at a uh, the Save On Meats restaurant in East Vancouver, and of course, the restaurant shut down when everything shut down. And it was maybe a couple weeks before I was like, I need to start this podcast again, or otherwise, I will go crazy. So, <laughs> yeah. So I, I've been. I, I feel that. I mean, I've also been thankfully employed this whole time, so I you know I haven't been sitting around collecting Serb, wondering what to do with myself.
1: Yeah, I'm sure there's a... Yeah, I have, I have a number of friends who are in a lot of different positions. It's uh, definitely dealing with the, uh, the... For the musicians, you know, that I know. It's not the... It hasn't been the easiest time.
0: No, it's, uh, it's a good time to be writing and recording, though
1: yes it is and and you know i honestly i'm like some people have been like oh man your release everything must be messed up and i actually kind of enjoy it i mean i've spent a lot of time on the road in my life and it's nice for once to like put music out and not have people be being like so where were you touring here and like what you know it's not them listening to the record and and you know getting into it isn't dependent on whether or not i'm uh whether or not i'm touring to their city or whatever because that, that can be it can be a little bit exhausting so um it's, it's nice to sort of just put the music out make the videos however uh interesting they may be <laughs> coming from me and uh yeah just trying to sort of enjoy that process and
0: have you toured that extensively for your own solo music before i asked just because of course you know you're most well known as the uh playing bass for for hay ocean and the records that you have released uh up until recently have kind of come out while Hey ocean was still pretty consistently active
1: yeah it's kind of back and forth like but i i've um i'm i've have i i have i have not toured in the way that I have for Hay Ocean, Um, but I've definitely done, you know, a bit of touring, you know, across Canada um, into Germany and some other places with my own music so, yeah, I've done you know, my fair share but, I I mean, I I love performing so, I think that I'm excited to be able to do that again, Um, but for now you know, we can do some streaming (laughs) concerts and things like that. Not quite the same. It's got its own thing for it, though, for sure. There is something special about the sort of intimacy of doing a Zoom show. I don't know if I'm still debating whether or not to try and do like a full band kind of performance thing, but you know, (laughs)
0: yeah speaking for I guess the project I'm involved in I know we're looking to do not live stream performances technically but like definitely live videos it's definitely a good time to just get on to like oh well let's just have something where it's just us in a space because have that video content out there
1: that's sort of where I'm at with it I'm sort of like debating I'm like because I think the I think the the more personal like acoustic stuff like or, or you know playing strip down and doing it on the zoom thing you know I think that's that does have a real special thing to it it's different it, it has a, a really cool um interactivity and and it's different. It, yeah it's, it's just not trying to replace live shows it's a different thing i think like trying to play full band in that space like seems a little bit awkward to me and i don't see why we wouldn't yeah do what you're saying which is just you know record a bunch of lo- some live performance and do it well and then release that because I don't think the interactivity is as easy when you're when you have a full band and, you know, people are chatting to you and it's just, I don't know, it just feels a little, it, just, it doesn't feel like a rock show or, or whatever. <laughs> it feels a little bit funny.
0: Yeah, like we had a an act uh, on recently called Palm Haze and I know one thing that they did was they did Twitch streams of like their practices mm-hmm. and recording and stuff like that, which is an interesting approach. Cause yeah, what you said like the interactivity, it's like okay, so who was the one managing the comment section while you were you know laying down that guitar, <laughs> that guitar? Yeah,
1: part? and when you have like the the solo thing, like you could have like a moderator, like someone who's not in the band who's doing that, and if, it still feels okay. I feel like if you're like playing a show and then some guy's like so that was really great now we have some questions you know it just feels like i don't know it's like two to ryan seacrest or something
0: backing up a a, a little bit and you know I'll, I'll do my best not to not to dwell on the the hay ocean stuff because it's you know you and the and the solo record and all that stuff but what mm-hmm. led you to branch out into releasing music as a solo artist considering you know you started releasing stuff while Hey ocean was
1: so going, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, if it's different, you know, it's a, uh, Hey Ocean's a collaboration. Um, you know, it's something that we started together when I was, I mean, 19 or something. So it's been like more than 15 years that we've been playing together. So 10 years ago, I, you know, I released a record, uh, my first record on my own. And it was just really an exercise in like exploring, you know, my own, just music that I didn't wasn't getting to make with Hey Ocean. I mean, I, I'm a i am have a pretty eclectic taste, and so I, I can kind of get into lots of stuff. And I've played with lots of types of artists. Um, but when it comes to my music, it's like it's really personal. It's really kind of ther- It's therapeutic to me. Um, what I write about. It's it, yeah. It's it sort of has a different place in my life than than what Hey Ocean had been occupying so and as i've been getting older i think like um you know i keep coming back to it because you know hay ocean is its own beast you know it's like something we started it's like a it's like a it's like a bush we planted and it's kind of gone and it's you know developed its own direction um you you
0: planted a sound garden
1: yes yeah (laughs) um, yeah so it's you know it kind of has a life of its own and and its own maturity and its own you know, ups and downs and and just creative direction. Um, that's sort of like this weird triangulation between Dave Beckingham and Ashley Ball and me. So um, I think as we've been getting older, there's also a real desire from the three of us to just like be able to explore our own sensibilities and, and the stuff that's exciting for us in that moment. Um, so it's just, yeah, it's a different thing. and. It's, yeah, for me, it's, it's much more personal and, and much more sort of therapeutic.
0: One thing you touched on, which I certainly noticed, was that there's a, a lot of sonic variety on display with uh, the records that you've released so far. Who are some of the artists that influence or inform your approach to crafting your music as a solo artist?
1: Yeah, I, I, there's definitely, a, 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 like I said, there's lots of weird, random influences, but I definitely grew up... Um, I feel like I had a very, you know, <laughs> uh, formative time uh, when I was younger, listening, you know, in the late to, uh, early two thousands, and late nineties, listening to um, sort of this wave of of emo and alternative rock, uh, you know, our early Death Cap for Cutie, Peter the Lion, and David Bazan, um, but uh, uh, and. I think there's like Hayden is a big influence to me to Hayden Desser and um, for that kind of writing, um, I think on a production side, um, you know, I've I've always really admired. There's a number of artists who have really influenced me, but I, I mean, an artist like Beck has been a huge influence for me, and just how he's able to kind of effortlessly, effortlessly, and 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 move between genres and move between you know, it's not sacrifice. Um, sonic quality and, and experimentation and songwriting like they don't they can coexist. Um, so I think that's you know they've been really big for for the direction I've been going in with my own music. Uh, I listen to a lot of my friends too, like a lot of bands that I have from Vancouver and and around uh, Canada that have just really you know, given me inspiration. And then there's just tons of people who I just pull, I don't know, different things. I mean, man, my influences are far and wide because I could go off about, you know, how amazing the Spice Girls are for a while. <laughs> you know, it's like it, they sort of all oc- these artists, pop music, you know, and some of this more songwriter stuff. It really, they occupy these different places in my heart and in my, my sonic brain. and And it's weird how I'll be working on a track that doesn't even sound like, whatever spice girls or something and i'll be like no but i want there's this thing they do and i really i like that and i'm kind of kind of do that here and when you listen maybe in the end you would never know but you know there's there's definitely some funny moments uh because you know like for instance like a band like cake is a really i love cake and i think what i love i mean there's lots of love about cake and in Hay Ocean, maybe you would hear more of my like musical influence from them but I think like his lyrical work is so amazing, and and his ability, his like not there's not a, you don't get a lot of like sarcasm rock, you know, in the way that Cake is able to do sarcasm rock. Um, so I really I really appreciate that for sure.
0: I think the only other sar- sarcastic rock or just sarcastic artist that I can think of that's a little bit more contemporary that pops head is like Father John Misty, and it's like yeah, a good yeah, chunk yeah, of the totally. appeal for me.
1: Totally. And Father John Misty, definitely like I'm I'm not like a massive like I don't know all his stuff, but I definitely loved it when I heard when it came out because I was like, yes, like <laughs> sarcasm rock. This is so good. Um, I also love music that like a huge thing for me is like sad happy. I love music that can occupy those spaces at the same time. And uh, and so I definitely sort of, you know, my second record called Sad Dad Cruise Ship Um, because it was it was sort of there was a bit of that sort of I had someone tell me that at one point just be like you know your music's kind of like this like sad like dad cruise ship music you know it's like sad and you've got this low voice but you can kind of two-step to it Um, and I was like that's absolutely amazing and that is definitely my new genre Um, uh, yeah but it's it's I yeah trying to strike that balance is I find find always interesting I think on this record too like I was listening to albums like you know newer albums like you know Madison Cunningham and um trying to think who else I was like listening to a lot but just these albums where people were really just really letting the songs breathe you know and really just producing them in a way that was really about the song And, and a friend of mine from Vancouver, Dan Mangan, like his most recent record too. like talking to him about his process and how he went through that with the producer he worked with. Just it was a lot about, you know, it was sort of reinforcing something I've been thinking about a lot. Because I really liked Dan's recent record a lot. And uh, I felt like it was really getting to the core of the music, you know, it was really it was really being like, you know, what is good about this music is like, this guy's voice. And you know he's playing guitar and the lyrics and like you can the as cool as the production should be it should never ever stop you from remember knowing that that is the music like that is what this artist is um and yet you know they were able to catch some really cool interesting production pieces and like it's not there's no lack it's not boring On a production side at all it's very interesting but it's so it's like a it's a kind of a maturity thing i think like just being able to be like this is what it is um i love the new i love the soccer mommy stuff that's been coming out i'm a fan a big fan of soccer mommy but once again it's just it feels really straightforward straight ahead i feel for like for a while people were really like myself included just diving into really lush production you know like really really lush like so much going on and so many so many bands yeah because it's i don't know things got really synthetic for a while and that was really fun (laughs) it was like it's been cool but it's nice to see i feel like there's a movement right now of coming back to just like what does it mean to like write a song and play a guitar and be a band you
0: know oh 100 percent even just uh the whole bedroom pop thing taking off the, the way it has like yeah. big, like artists getting huge or just artists that are big, that employ this like really, I mean, it's digitally lo-fi, but like very lo-fi sounding production.
1: Yeah. Uh, I feel like Mac DeMarco is a real turning point too. Yep. You know, like I-, I feel like when, when that, when that first record, when Salad Days came out, like I feel like, I haven't stopped hearing bands emulate Salad Days. Like I, I like still, I feel like these albums are coming out, and I'm just like, oh, I get. It. I don't even know if they listened to that record, but it's like that is just that record on repeat. It's that guitar sound. It's those synth sounds. Like, I mean, frick, I have some some of those synth sounds. Well, not those specific, but just like sort of reminiscent of that. Like, and I don't. I just yeah. I don't think I was. I think of where else I was like really hearing that before these detuned like slightly detuned synths and like the sort of mega chorus pedal like the chorus pedal was like I feel like before Mac DeMarco like every basically every guitar pedal company was like well I think we should just stop selling chorus pedals because no one fucking wants chorus pedals and then Mac DeMarco came out and now it's like there are no indie rock bands that don't employ excess of you know chorus Forest pedals, which is, it's just so crazy how it works like that. I don't know. I don't, I, I, I don't know. If people give them that credit, but it's like, I feel like that, I feel like that record was a real turning point in, in what I was seeing people do, you know, like people moving from being like, how can I have all the synths and like, you know, this movement we've had from like, kind of like moody, you know, young woman with like, these like sort of, you know, with synths and like, beat, you know, ala, like, you know, the popified version of like Purity Ring and, 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 uh, who about? even like Fantagram, stuff like that, like seeing that stuff, like recycled, 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 and you see like banks and then like, I don't know, all these different people who are doing that. And then now all of a sudden I feel like I'm seeing all these young women who are like, like almost they sound like some combination of like the cranberries and like <laughs> and like uh nirvana or something like together mixed a little bit it's
0: just awesome like i'm i'm on board
1: I, I, me too i'm just like i'm like this music is did someone make this band just for me like um and there's elements of like that like i said like that early death cab that like um Sonic Youth, like, you're seeing, and it's just, but they're female-fronted, and it's, like, really cool. It's, it's it's inspiring. I feel a little bit like, like, uh, I feel like, (laughs) I don't feel like I belong, but I'm just like, I like this music. Uh, there's a bunch of really cool tunes, so.
0: Yeah, um, uh, thought I had about uh, Mac DeMarco, because I I certainly hear that influence in bands like Young Heezy and Peach Pit to cite some Vancouver examples, I almost Haley feel blaze that, just like, put out a record yeah. like, Oh, Haley blaze. Like, yeah. As well. Correct. You just know this
1: record that has like all that. It's just like oh, all those sounds, you yeah. know, like
0: it's amazing too. It's an incredible, yeah. incredibly a bunch great right record.
1: I've been hearing where I'm like, okay, like, yeah. Mac Marco is dope. I agree. I, that's, that's how I feel when I listen to the song.
0: I know there, I don't think there's anything official going on, but I think there's their the city of Vancouver at some point might, is considering maybe getting rid of the statue of Gassy Jack in Gastown. I kind of feel if they were ever to replace it with another statue, maybe a Mac DeMarco statue. I know it never happened, but it would just be absolutely hilarious if, if there's just a crowdfund for that and they actually got Ooh, raised the money yeah, to do it.
1: Yeah, a bronze of Mac DeMarco, yeah.
0: You <laughs> just like the, the, the detail with the, the gap tooth, just like, oh, it's got to be. be...
1: He would be so confused, too, I feel like, because he's probably like... Cause my understanding is that he was in Vancouver for quite a while and then like didn't really go anywhere. And then he went back to Edmonton and then after that was when his career really took off. And like, I've been, I, I mean, I, I have no idea. I've never met him, but I'm, I have, I get this uh, somehow I've heard that like, maybe I would think he'd be like Vancouver, like, but if Vancouver's like, no, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, uh, what's a Grimes, you get that? A lot yeah. of like Vancouver really wants to own Grimes because Grimes grew up here. But, like, Brian's, like, went away and, like, made her career in Montreal and, like, everywhere else but Vancouver. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. and
0: now she's, you know, got a kid with Elon Musk, so.
1: Yeah, but Vancouver can be really – it's funny. Vancouver has a a cool scene, and, and, you know, I'm really proud of how far it's come since I started. Um, But I think there's always been, like, a slew of bands that are, like, so awesome and get real big everywhere else, and then Vancouver's like, wait, 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 but they're they're from Vancouver, you know. And everyone's like, yeah, but you didn't even like acknowledge they existed, like Japan droids, you know, like bands like that, where it's like they became massive internationally, and Vancouver was like rushing to catch up and be like, they're from Vancouver. Oh my god, like what were we thinking?
0: <laughs> Do you have any thoughts on on why that might be? Because you know, I've been doing the this podcast here for about two years and uh you know the whole thing about what we're about is just giving all the talented bands here just a a platform to talk about what they're doing and promote what they've got going on and you know with covid right now it's really just new music they have coming out but there's we're not want for awesome bands here it's just there seems to be something missing about yeah. I, don't I mean, know.
1: there's awesome bands everywhere. I think there's definitely, I mean, in any, my experience after a you know, decade and a half is like there's a lot of hard earned luck, you know, um, first of all, I mean, the music industry is that, I mean, you can't, you can work as hard as you want, but like there's always an element of timing and place and and who you know and, who you happen to sit next to on the bus, you know, like that's, it's just, I think that's always there because there's just so many bands. There's just, and now more than ever, you know, it's, it's so accessible. Um, It's so easy to create music um, and create like really pretty great sounding music, even when you aren't very good. Like, you know, uh, like a lot of people can, they, they can do, things that people just never could, you know, before, and it's at their fingertips. Like I, like I'm, I'm like, I'm using my phone for tons of stuff now. Like when I'm recording, like I'm, I've used whole sections of songs on my record, like, and on Hey Ocean stuff, like are literally garage band on my phone synth instruments. Like the other day I was just messing around and I ended up recording like two kind of like garage rock demo kind of things. So not even synth, it's not like synth, it's like rock, it's like a band playing. Yeah, but I didn't yeah. play a single instrument. <laughs> it's all just programmed in garage band. All the drum fills and like everything. And I listened back and I was like, this is weird. It's wild, <laughs> right? It's wild. So So, yeah, there's so many bands. I think that's a thing. I think, like, you know, I think getting out of your, you need to, I mean, I don't know. I'm a believer that, like, you have to decide, like, what it is you want to do. And a lot of bands don't do that. A lot of bands that I know, like, or lots of bands I've known, like, they kind of want something vaguely, but they're not, they don't, it's not applied in the way that, like, you know, other people in other careers would be like, this is what I'm going to do. I have to like really apply myself. Um, I think you kind of like, this is where I've landed. I feel like when you're making, when you're creating your career, you have to think about like what kind of garden you're planting, you know, and are you someone who, you know, wants to, subsistence farm? You know, are you someone who's like, I'm going to, I have a garden in my backyard and I want to, I want to grow the food so I can eat it. Or are you community garden? Are you, are you a factory farm? Is that the level you want to be working at? You know, are you someone who kills pretty much every plant you ever plant and, and you just put some stuff out for fun and maybe you get some tomatoes at some point in the season? Like those are all, you know, as a metaphor, it's all just like you have to decide what you're trying to do. Because the way you act and, and the things you do and the places you go and the types of music you're writing, like all of that is influenced by that decision, right? Like someone who is aiming for, you know, you know, Lady Gaga, like someone who's like, I wanna be that, I wanna be a superstar, you know your approach is a hundred percent different than someone else you know so i think that intent is important but with a lot of these people like man like i don't know if japan japan droids was like on my understanding is they were gonna break up or something and then they just then they broke and then it was like what the hell and i think they were more confused than anyone like i don't know i just don't think you can plan for some of that stuff i think you just like put yourself out there and you do your best and you, you just work as hard as you can with what you have and try and put yourself in, in as many situations as you can. But, uh, you know, Vancouver, we're, we're also like a bit, you know, removed from the rest of the country, you know, we're really closest to Seattle, but we're also, there's the border there. So it's so crazy that so many bands I know, like including my band, like, would tour to Toronto before they would tour to Seattle. Like that's because it costs money and there's a border and it's crazy, of course. Right. But it's just like, that's kind of crazy. (laughs) Like Toronto is far and the flights are expensive and, and gas is expensive.
0: And there isn't a lot, there are some places to play, but not enough that merits the drive, which is the other challenge.
1: And lots of, and also like, you know, there's this kind of Toronto, Ontario, BC divide where like, Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes I feel like the attitude towards West coast artists is a little patronizing. And so it's, you know, so some people move to Toronto or you move somewhere else, but Vancouver's got a lot to offer, I think. So it's, you know, there's some really cool artists here that are doing great music and I'm stoked they've decided to stay and build their thing here and then export it elsewhere.
0: Yeah, me too. It always breaks my heart when bands I like are like, oh, we're moving to Toronto. Oh, we're moving to Montreal. I'm like, I I get it, but I'm sad.
1: And once again, it just depends on what you're trying to do, right? Because some people are like, I just want to go to Toronto. And you're like, yeah, but do you really need to do that? Like based on what you're trying to build or, or should you be moving to New York? Like, I don't know. There is something to be, you know, with being, A bigger fish in a small pond too yeah it just depends but yeah i don't know it's hard to say but vancouverites definitely don't give their their bands they vancouver likes seeing people be validated externally i think before they're really ready they'd be like yeah okay we're oh oh
0: oh oh, the vice said this is cool
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, did you know did you know these guys are getting big in LA? Oh, sec- All right. Well. Oh, they're from here. Oh. They're from here, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay.
0: What, uh, it's trying transition, I guess, back to, you know, the, the record and uh, everything yeah. you're working on. What does your songwriting process entail? I understand that you compose, you know, the majority of uh the music of on your own especially on this new album
1: yeah the this album is more like my first record so i played pretty much everything um with the exception of a few parts um and i write everything mostly i write on guitar a little bit on piano um and the lyrics and the music kind of they sort of come simultaneously like um one influences the other, which influence, like the music influences the lyrics, which then influence the music, which then it just sort of happens all at once. Um, and there's definitely some songs that have taken me a while to write, and then some songs that are just so fast and so easy. Um, and then I just knew going into the studio what I wanted it to be, and I wanted to play everything. And I wanted it to be like, not just my voice, but like my my musical voice on the guitar and play baritone guitar and this is the first record of my own where I've like really played bass on everything um, which is weird because my first couple record my first two records I sort of like shied away from it a bit I do play bass on my first record but my second record I didn't like any bass it's all synth
0: and you play bass in Hey ocean as well so
1: yeah right that's like one of my one of my main instruments so it's kind of like I don't know I guess I was trying to like separate myself somewhat Uh, but in this case, I was like, no, I want to do it. So I, you know, I really, and then writing a lot of that kind of stuff. And then I like having, I like having constraints. So, um, you know, worked with my buddy, Dan Klenner, who used to be in Hayo Ocean, and he's a great producer engineer here in um, Vancouver. He has a place on white rock. So I just go out and spend like, I, I recorded this record with him over the course of almost around a month and just would go out and spend like three days a week with him. Um, cause I'm working and then I'd sort of just go out Thursday, Friday, Saturday and just like rock some sessions, record some stuff and then go back the next week. Um, so it moved really, really fast. Uh, but partly because I was just like, you know, for instance, with synths, like Dan has endless numbers of <laughs> synth patches, Right. And, uh, I just like went out and bought these synths from, um, from the store that are like these awesome Yamaha series they have that are like these mini, mini synths, like breakdowns of like really nice synths that they have, but they're just like small scale. So I got like this one organ, it's basically an organ, organ emulator. And then the other is um, kind of just like an analog synth, uh, just a straightforward like left to right circuit. So you can kind of just program it. You can't save any sounds, you can't like do it and save it. You just have to build it all. So I basically was like, I'm just going to use these two th- keyboards for my whole record. <laughs> I was like, that's it. Like I'm not using other keyboards. These two and a piano. And like, if I wanted, I've got to make a sound that sounds cool on this keyboard, or it's I'm not. I'm just not going to do it. So that that I, I find that really fun because it, and also just like s- soothing for my anxiety because it, when there's too many options, it kind of makes me go insane.
0: With your upcoming album "Life Ghouls," was there an attempt to focus your attention on capturing a specific mood or feeling over the course of the eight songs on the LP?
1: Yeah, it's it's a concept record, so it's um, it's about uh, life ghouls. So it's it's about sort of coming to terms with things that scare me, you know, in my life, um, things that have haunted me or fears that I have Um, and as I've been getting older, you kind of, I just have started to come to terms with some of that stuff and things that used to really, really be difficult for me. Memories, things I've done, you know, things I could have done or should have done or ways I treated old friends, um, you know, coping with, I I, I have anxiety, Um, I have have, an obsessive anxiety disorder learning to cope with that, Um, social media, like there's just things that I have had, yeah, they've just been tough and I'm more and more coming to terms with, they're kind of, a. they're just there, they're a part of your life, like, and you start to almost like, I think the way I've been referring to it is like they almost become like roommates. (laughs) We are like, okay, we like, we live together, like, I don't know. What am I gonna do? Like, I, you know, I have to get used to this. You know, I'm, I'm trying to come to terms with stuff. So, you know, um, a song like Waste is, you know, really about um, this c- combating this, weighing these fears of like re- facing change and facing it head on versus the fear of like so the fear of that versus the fear of like not knowing like um the fear of facing change versus the fear of like never changing you know and and being stagnant and and knowing that you're like oh my god i gotta get i've gotta change it and i think i've felt that in like my work and in in my band and things where you kind of like realize that like (laughs) you're kind of the one who you're it's you you are your own sort of demons that you're facing and or like Object of Desire, which is more about like social media and just kind of, it's a very sarcastic song. Sarc- it's sarcasm rock about, uh, yeah, just like being at odds with the social media culture that is now every commonplace is kind of every day. So yeah, so the whole record just explores that in different ways. Um, each song kind of represents a different sort of fear. Um, some of them are related, but, yeah, that's that's sort of how it all came together, and then so, the artwork kind of reflects that as well. Because the same artist did artwork for each song, which ends up being the music video for for Waste is like all these vignettes, but each vignette is is representative of a different song on the record.
0: Oh, it's super cool, and it's something I noticed, uh, especially with the singles that you have released so far, uh, kind of circling back to that happy sad. Element of your songwriting. Uh certainly notice that uh with the three songs you have released, is there something about this contrast or presentation style that you feel to be a effective way to communicate your feelings through music?
1: Uh sorry, maybe ask that again. Like like is there something about the that contrast of sad and, and happy? You mean?
0: Yeah, that you feel is a effective way to communicate, you know, your feelings. I just feel like life's read. like
1: that, you know? life's just kind of like that. Um, It's like, you know, happy. That's the stuff that's always struck me, I guess, musically. Um, I mean, I guess there's stuff where, you know, I dive deeper on stuff that's a bit more emotional for me, um, more purely kind of emotional, but I think it isn't, especially this record in some ways, you know, it's not about it's not meant to be a sad record, but I think it is a, a somewhat like thoughtful record and like somewhat nostalgic. And, and there's these other kind of things that come in that make it feel very contemplative. Um, but a lot of it is kind of just being like, uh, just kind of being open to the fact that that's how it is, you know? Um, the, the, this is just, what are you, what are you going to do? It <laughs> kind of is sort of the sentiment is like, this is life. This is just life. And it's not something that I can really be sad about. I mean, one of the songs I released, Sentimental, was uh, written about, um, kind of, inf- you know, inspired by a, a, a family friend who um, had a terminal illness and, and then a few other people who I knew who were dealing with a similar issue. And this kind of thing of being like, how come it's a lot of the time, it's hard, even harder for the people who aren't sick to come to terms with someone's, you know, the, the the inevitable death of someone who has a terminal illness. In some ways, you have the terminal illness, like you you are forced to come to terms with it. I mean, you you can't not. You um, don't have
0: a choice, unfortunately. So
1: you're not, exactly, right. And so, but everyone around you is like, I don't know how to deal with this, you know? And uh, so I just getting that advice of someone being like the person who's sick being like, you like you've got to, the last thing I want is everybody to be like not living their best, you know, not living their life out of some sadness for me. Like that would be not, that's not what I want. You know? Um, I just thought that was like so striking. Um, and it really connected with that tone I was trying to capture across the record, which was like, um, yeah, just sort of coming to terms with the things that are hard and sad and scary um, in a way that isn't like life is, life is shit. It's just more kind of like life is life.
0: Yeah, I can feel that. And I was going to say the, the sentiment that's expressed on, on waste is certainly something I can, relate to that that feeling where you're like oh crap I've got to change my direction or I've got to, i I'm stuck in a rut it's not a fun feeling
1: yeah it's not um I think for me like being you know so far into this work I've done with hey ocean and you know you have these moments of like what the fuck have I been doing this all time? <laughs> you know you're like is this really what I wanted to do or maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I don't know. Like you have these real moments of doubt, and and um, and you feel like you feel like you've waste. You're like you feel like you're wasting time doing what you're doing. You feel like you're wasting your time, and you you try and change. It's like it's all. There's this weird. It is a fear of like wasting your time. Like we all have a limited amount of time on this greener and like. I think especially as you get older you're just like what the hell have i been doing for 25 30 years (laughs) you know you're like and i can't take it back i can't change any of it you know and also it is what it is like i have a kid now and like my name's mona and she's amazing and and it's so weird to think like all those things i regret all those things that like i didn't want to you know or that i was afraid of and Regrets and things I like should have done and all that, all that bullshit that you know has been in my head for years. Like I wouldn't change a single fucking thing now, you know, because you're like, this is this this amazing kid is what has come from that, and like you just don't. So it makes you kind of take a grain of salt about what your life has been like, you know, because you're like, well. I'm not necessarily proud of some of my moments and some of the ways I've treated people or ways I've treated myself, like, but I definitely don't take any of it back because that to take that back would mean taking Mona back, and I don't take Mona back for a heartbeat, right? So it's a weird thing to sort of real so sort of realize, you know, all that stuff that haunts you, and you're like, oh, it's just you're just you're my roommate now, and I, there's nothing I can do about it.
0: and has this been uh the type of record that you've wanted to make for a while
1: yeah i think so and i think like this you know my second record was really my first record was really like i knew what i wanted to do and it was a concept record um and i knew what i wanted it to sound like i knew how i wanted it to feel and and i made it much the same way i made this one my second record was more of a collaboration with some other people I was exploring. I was like, I don't really know what I want to do. I don't really have a clear vision. I have some songs. And so I just sort of like made a record and, and I think it's great. And I, I like that record a lot, but definitely like this was more like that first experience where I was like, I know what I want this to feel like. Um, and I really want to get back to that sensation and, and, uh, and focus on like my voice as a songwriter, as a singer and, and as a musician.
0: And speaking to the visual presentation of the record itself, the album cover for Life Ghouls and the music video for your single Waste Features artwork by Alex Yukov, I hope I, Yukov? Yukov, yeah. Yukov. Thank you. Um, I was struck by the, you know, the playful yet kind of unsettling incorporation of Christian iconography. My favorite piece is probably of the Virgin Mary taking a selfie. That's just fantastic. Um, how did you connect with Alex and what direction or input did you have on the presentation of the album art and the music video?
1: Yeah, that's been awesome, man. Like she, um, she painted a mural in the mural festival last year. Uh, and I was, her art was super cool and I was making this record and I, I don't even, and I was trying to think about what art I wanted and I. I don't even know if I was like really thinking about it at the time or I kind of forget, but I basically there's an image of hers um, that she'd already done, which is this image of the ghost and the guy sitting in in the orange hoodie, sitting on the, at the desk with the, um, uh, with the Ouija board. Right. And and the ghost is like, has the martini and it's like, and I was just like, that is exactly, that is exactly what I'm trying to get at. You know, It's like this playful kind of like this she's so playful with existential dread you know like existential dread is a playful thing for Alex and she uh she does that so well and there's and it's so just like these images she creates of like yeah and for the record she created an image for every song which which I said is the is the video for Waste and so you know man yeah like that object of desire image of like the virgin mary taking a selfie with a devil like holding a crown over her head it's like i was like that's just too good like it's it's just so it's exactly like it's It's. i just felt such a kinship with it i think she's such a brilliant artist and and conceptually she just we're just very we've just we met up and we talked and i feel like i was a little nervous because i i felt like she was super cool (laughs) <laughs> and like just really hip. And I was like, I don't know if I'm very cool. Uh, Cause I'm, I feel sort of old sometimes uh, in the industry. And, and, uh, but we had a great talk and we just were so aligned on this kind of stuff. And so I just gave her all the, all the, I was like I want you to do what you want to do. Cause I believe that if you find the artist and you really love their work, then like, I don't need to tell her what to do. You know, like I need to give her parameters. I need to be like, this is what I'm trying to get across. Here's what the album means. Here's what the songs. I wrote like a thing saying, here's what the song's about. I gave her the lyrics. And then I was like, go to town. And she just created each of those images. I didn't, I didn't like make a new edit on anything. I was just like, great, 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 great. So um, that was really, really fun uh, to see that come to life and to just feel that kinship with, you know, an artist and their style, um, like visually. Like, like it just like when I said like when I saw that image I was like this just this is it this is just like it felt like the companion and I actually asked her originally I was like would you do an album cover for me and she's like yeah sure what do you want and I was like honestly I actually kind of just want to pay you to use this this image she was like yeah sounds good uh so she changed it a bit for me and she added in my cats and uh my one of them is my dead cat and uh and because there was a dog i think originally and she changed it to be these two cats um and put in life ghouls and and that stuff but uh yeah so it's it's that's been a really fun process and then moving that into the rest of the work so then i was like oh, i think i'm you know kind of gonna start wearing this orange hoodie to go with your art you know and i was
0: gonna ask uh, about that
1: and so I've, I've been wearing it but the other thing is i'm someone who like I a I wear a life uniform most days. Like I I wear like the same thing pretty much every day. I have like this. I have like four of the same pair of pants.
0: Like a cartoon like, character.
1: Yeah, I do. Yeah, like that's uh, exactly. And uh, so I got this orange shirt. But usually I would wear like for a long time. I've just worn all black and or like white shirts maybe. And then I was like, oh, I guess I'll wear this or- bright orange. <laughs> 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 I Walked into the office one day and people were like, oh my god, what is going on? And uh, he's had a nervous breakdown. He's wearing like a bright color and uh it's just so comfy. And I that's the other thing. I like to I like to have my life uniform be very comfortable. So um, it was just really comfortable. So I started wearing it. It was lying around the house and but I don't think I've really released my music yet. So people didn't like they didn't know. So then now people think that like the guy in the image is was made to be me, but like I'm actually kind of pretending to be him. So it's uh, it's kind of a funny dynamic but uh but yeah, so bringing those images into the rest of the, the rest of the stuff and into the videos that i'm making um has been kind of fun too It's a fun thing to get to play with. I made these gifs or gifs sorry for
0: uh is it gifs i was did, did the guy who invent gifs
1: the guy who invented He's, it so yeah was, oh it is, okay. <laughs> that's how I feel I just feel like that's stupid. they should be gifs. It doesn't make sense. Spell if you with it with a G. GIF, spell it with a J. Exactly. Um, and when you think about G I F, if you just added a T, it would be gift, gifts, you know? Yeah. Like, it's not, G- it's not, I bought you this really nice gift. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, like, uh, so we made these GIFs out of her. Uh, out of her art and 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 created these like animated single single art and things like that so that's it's been super cool
0: and uh, I guess speaking to because you your reference you know way 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 back um, the music video you did you did for the song object of desire you know satirical clever commentary on our relationship with social media how did the idea for this clip come together and what was it like filming a music video on your phone with custom filters that must have been uh an interesting experience
1: yeah it was interesting um because i just did it all myself i, I guess it was like kind of covid and i was going like am i going to release my record and i was like, yeah i am and then i was trying to think about what to do for some video content and i just you know this idea for the the video of doing like all self kind of like vain selfie fodder um and just covering it in gifs uh gifts uh and you know sort of came up and I was like this is kind of a great opportunity a like I I could shoot this myself and b it's, it's like totally in line with the with the song and the mood of the song so it was kind of an experiment I messed around and I like worked on it for a bit and it ended up and it, I kind of I started by going like let's just see if it works. So I, I did a couple things and it spiraled and I actually recorded like the whole video and, but I wasn't really prepared to do that. And so I was like, um, most importantly, so I was like, okay, this is cool. And I sort of was done. And then as the record came out and the first song came out and the second song came out, and then I was like, oh man, I'm not wearing my orange hoodie in the video. So I actually went back and I re-recorded the whole video uh, from scratch, not from scratch. I like used the same sort of, I used it as a guide and then I just like redid the video, but just wearing the <laughs> And I was like, Oh man, I'm being so stupid. And then, but I showed it to a few of my, the people that I show things to, and they were just like, no, it was a good call. It's like, it's, it's the thing you're doing. It's part of the record. It makes, it makes sense this way but uh yeah so it was pretty funny and a few things i changed and it ended up better than before but it's just funny how that works i always do that i always end up like going down a rabbit hole and being like i'll just i'll just fuck around a little bit and, and i'm like i just recorded a whole song like and I, now it's five in the morning and i have to wake up in three hours <laughs> that's just sort of my process
0: <laughs> and all those filters i understand alex had a hand in crafting those as well
1: uh no so the filters are are just instagram filters so i went through the instagram filter library and a couple of them are like really standard filters and then some of them are much more like kind of searching through the library and i basically just like pulled out tons of filters um they, with the gifs there there are custom ones from alex so there's a bunch of there's like four different gifs throughout the video that are pulled from the, the waste video so they're like the 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 Mary um, taking the selfie and Virgin Mary taking the selfie. And there's like a cat clock from the video and like um, one or two other things. So sort of self-referential kind of thing. Um, But yeah, it was it was interesting to dive into, like, because I'm I think it's also because like Instagram scares the crap out of me in some ways. And it makes me really uncomfortable. it's. I just find it hard to be like, look at me, 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 all the time. And uh, I, f- I recognize that people who are doing that um, aren't necessarily thinking that. You know, that, like just because someone posts all the time doesn't mean they're consciously saying like, look at me, look at me. But I think like subconsciously that is what you're saying. <laughs> Frankly, I think that's what you're saying. And I think if you post a lot on social media, like for no real reason, like it's, it's just kind of like. Because it's just deeply self-involved, and so, which is not a trait that I respect in a in a big way. You know, it's not necessarily that I like think it think it's bad and disrespect what they do. It's like everyone should do what they want to do, but like it's it's not something I look to and go like, oh, like that's what I want to be like. You know, Um, it is. Yeah, it feels like a vanity thing. So I saw this woman, young woman, it was just when TikTok was really getting off the ground and just that whole trend of like lip syncing and dancing dancing sexy, you know, uh, and wearing sort of like not a lot of clothes uh, or like cute outfits. Like that's like a whole, that's a whole sub genre of social media. And it was just really getting off the ground. And I saw this woman and she was like, 17 and she was doing this thing and she had 10 million followers on instagram and i was like i'm deeply uncomfortable with (laughs) like i just and it sucks because i'm like i think like women should feel should feel empowered to do what they want and feel comfortable in their body and like that's that's i think that's great and uh i think there's there's this individual sort of thing. And then there's this more societal piece of it where you're like, how does that fit in in a societal sense? Especially when you're like how many of that 10 million people are just like creepy dudes (laughs) watching, Mm. uh, or pubescent boys just being like, this is the best, you know? Uh, so as much as they are doing that, they're also like playing into these sort of patriarchal kind of, um, models of of how the, the industry the the celebrity industry works and in, in our case in the music industry and so i just it's not that I, i'm really not trying to make like a judgment call and say that's really bad i'm really just trying to say like i am confused i feel very confused as a human by it like i i'm just like what is like how am i supposed to feel about this 17 year old girl doing this I, I, I,
0: I mean i think it's okay to say it's Goddamn weird, because <laughs> it is. <laughs> I mean, I, I've um, are weird, but. I, one one thought that I've I've had for a while, just because you know, to, to obviously I, I have to be involved in social media for promoting music and the, me too, man, me too. The it's... podcast and blah blah blah. It's just, um, it, But even like per, people's personal Instagram and Facebook, it's like, oh, everyone's their own press agent everyone's their own publicity agent and all you're seeing is the highlights that they choose to share of their own life.
1: Yeah. You know, in a, in a capitalist, you know, deeply, deeply capitalist society, like this feels like the end game. You know what I mean? It's like now people are products and they are marketing themselves to the rest of the Mm -hmm. world. And so it's, uh, like I said, on an individual basis, it's like people should do what makes them happy. Like I'm, and I I, I think that's, that's a good rule to follow um, as long as you aren't hurting anyone else. Uh, from a societal perspective, I'm like, this is weird. Pretty sure we're in end times, but you know, doesn't, might as well sort of enjoy it.
0: Yeah, it doesn't take that much deconstruction for it to get really bizarre. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it does and the internet's i mean the internet's so full of crazy shit it's just so nuts and you know porn and kittens is, and are like the main purpose of the internet it feels like wretched uh, hive
0: but, of scum and villainy
1: yeah so we want would yeah. put it <laughs> totally uh and star wars but the uh uh man yeah the it definitely put i was at odds with it and so yeah it's just this like this, this initial line of just like, Lord, save me from information. Cause I just can't handle it all. It's, you know, it's easier to be complacent than to be shocked and appalled. Cause it's like, it's just, I just was feeling so overwhelmed. So I actually went on like a, almost a year hiatus from using any social media. Um, around that, that must've been nice. <laughs> it was great. And then guess what? I have a record and I want to put it out and
0: yep. Just hey, this strap me is, back this into little, the matrix.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I like going back in, you know, <laughs> not like this,
0: not like this.
1: Yeah. It's, it's pretty funny.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But it's kind of like, uh, the theme of the, of the, of your record. It's like, well, that's life. And in terms of social media, it's like, well, that's modern life, I guess.
1: Yeah. It's like, what are you going to do? Is it, is it totally weird and crazy and scary? And, I also think like there's a whole other mental health thing to social media. Like there's, Mm -hmm. there's some really strong evidence that like, it's not good for people's mental health. Like it's just not, um, and that it's like really a lot of social media is triggering actually the same parts of your brain that fire when you gamble. So it's like being on social media is like the same thing as like pulling that roulette wheel and be like, did someone comment? Did Someone comment? Did someone comment? Did they like my post? Has it gone viral yet? (laughs) You know, it's like, and when it happens, your brain's like, giving you all the juice, you know, and that's a scary thing. It's like, it's an addiction machine. It's an addiction machine. So there's a whole other side to that too, for sure that I can 100% say that very confidently that social media is not a net positive influence on my mental health.
0: And I think the other yeah the other element to that is just like as as you said, just like kind of the avalanche of human of information so the human brain can only handle so much. <laughs> there's just so much out there. It's just so easy to get overwhelmed. Yeah. I was talking to uh thing I was talking to my roommate earlier and I was just like, you know what man i gotta I gotta like just not follow certain stuff right now because it's not making me it's just make bringing me down all the time. Like, not that I, not that I support or preach or preach ignorance or anything like that, but like,
1: Ooh, it's hard. It's a lot all the time, you know? And it's, 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 it can be really great in lots of ways, but it's also like pretty unnatural, you know? Um, for people in their brains. And no wonder people just start like blocking out anything that they don't, don't agree with. <laughs> like, you'll just be like, I just didn't even see that. And you're like, it was right in front of you. And like, my brain has literally just blocked it because I don't know how to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> a,
0: that's, a, that's a whole other rabbit hole. But um, on a more positive note, what do you have yeah. planned to, to celebrate the release of Life Ghouls?
1: Uh, well, the record comes out September 18th and, uh, I have, you know, a, a few more video things to put out and then I'm looking to, um, uh, I'm looking to do a show of some kind, uh, online, um, maybe partly in, online, partly in person. I'm trying to figure out the details. I'd, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to do a, uh, a Halloween show. That's, that's my goal it feels appropriate so. yeah <laughs>
0: even just the orange hoodie itself it's very hello
1: <laughs> i'm uh i'm i'm a dad and i have dad humor that's all i can say <laughs> so i'm like i should probably do this on you know on halloween <laughs> it just feels right
0: i hope we can play live shows around halloween that'd be nice
1: <laughs> we'll see like i said i i'm not sure if it'll be me playing or if it'll be me releasing a video or it's just haven't decided what i'm the most comfortable with yet so
0: yeah fair enough um what local bands or artists would you recommend we bring on the show for a future
1: episode Ooh, local artists um i i mean we mentioned like uh i do i i'm really liking the the new Haley blade record i'm i'm big uh blue jay fan as well justice and those yeah podcasts. me too um justice and I have a deep bond over David Bazan and Pedro the Lion. <laughs> the first time I ever saw Blue Jay, I was like, I went. He played. They played this show at, I forget where, but I went out to the after and I was like, thank you. And they're like, w- why? And they're like, why? And I was like, because you made a a band for me. I right? Like this band was literally just made for me to enjoy, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure. Like because from the sound of what you guys sound like, I'm pretty sure this band was made for me. <laughs> do it uh you know obviously um who else has been putting out stuff lately that i've been super stoked on locally um i don't know i feel like i'm drawing a blank right now but uh there's been so many people putting out music though which is crazy like um i love the jordan Claussen record that came out uh, a few months back three months ago really really like that record um it like brings me back to the garden state soundtrack in the best way. Like, I mean, that is a huge compliment. Um, and obviously like Aiden Knight has a record that I think comes out literally today. Um, which is, you know, he's, he's an old friend and, and does amazing, amazing work. Um, so yeah,
0: that's a good spread. Yeah. I, um, definitely see who, who I can reach out to. That's the, that's the whole thing is that, you know, because people ca- aren't going on tours, it's like, all right, well, you've got a record coming out. Come, come on in,
1: come on in, come on, come on in, on. yeah. And I feel like people are around now. They're just like, yeah, let's do it. What else are we gonna do?
0: Yeah, that's uh, the, you know, this the quarantine-friendly format of the show has actually kind of been great for the show because I'm able to bring more people on. I'm not constrained to. And it's easy. Everyone can slot. just like
1: call in from their place and exactly. just sort of have a conversation for a little bit. Yeah, it's super. That's that's sounds. Sounds nice. Yeah. Sounds nice.
0: God bless uh, video calling technology. Otherwise, this yeah. pandemic really would comment. suck far more crazy, than it already crazy. does. <laughs> um, how can listeners check out your music and keep up with everything you're up to?
1: Uh, I think, like, I'm on social media things, obviously, uh, Facebook and stuff. I, Instagram seems to be, as much as I'm at odds with it, like the place where I f- interact. I'm the most present. So definitely follow my Instagram, which is just my name, David, at David Vertesi. Um, and then Spotify, um, you know, Apple Music. Those are, I'm, uh, it's, yeah, that's, my music is all on all the, all the streaming services, all the services and stuff. So that's, that's the best way to check it out. And, and you can see my old records there too, as well as this new one when it comes out.
0: Thanks for listening. I'm your host, James Olson. Pacific Sound Radio is produced by Mark Lingelbach. You can check us out on Facebook at Pacific Sound Radio, Instagram at Pacific Sound Radio, Twitter at Pacific S Radio. Our YouTube is Pacific Sound Media. Our website is pacificsoundradio.com. And you can also check us out wherever you stream your podcasts. If you like the show, there are a few different ways you can support it. You can give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast platform of choice that lets you leave reviews. You can share this podcast on your social media and you can recommend the show in person from a safe social distance to your friends, family, and coworkers. If you know a local band or artist that you think should appear as guests on our show, let us know. Fill out the form on our website or send us an email to talkpsr at gmail.com.